You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio. And this is episode number 92. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. A few years ago now that I realized that it's become easier and easier to be vegan and I retrained as a nutritionist because I want to give people this confidence and the tools to be able to help themselves on this journey. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do. Veggie lovers, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I hope that you're having a plantastic day. I am so excited to be back streaming on your phone or on your computer, in your earbuds. Here I am, and I have another fantastic guest today. This guest is the daughter of a previous guest that we have had on the show. <laughs> so this is Rohini Bajekal. So she is actually a plant-based nutritionist based in London. So this is going to be a fantastic conversation very high yield, especially if you are considering transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle or a beginner, but even if you've been doing it for a while, but need to brush up on some of the tips, some of the recommendations that might be from a nutritionist, this is going to be a great episode for you. 
If you haven't already signed up for my newsletter, I encourage you to do so. I'm hoping to make my newsletter better and better over time. So thank you for you early adopters that are already on there. Two ways to join. You can text the word FIBER, F-I-B-E-R, to 66866, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash sign up on my website, and then you can sign up for my newsletter. In addition, if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed this podcast, could you pretty please do it. I would appreciate it so much. I know it takes time. So for those of you that have already dropped a review, thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I know that we're all busy. So it's something that is that I'm very grateful for. Thank you for coming back week after week. I have been getting great feedback that you guys are loving the guests. You're loving what we're doing. So keep the feedback coming. If there's specific guests you want to hear from or topics or monologues that you want me to talk on, let me know. I'm happy to do it. I want to give a shout out to Mean P, who has left a great review on Apple Podcasts. Mean P titled it Inspiring and says, Dr. Yami has great guests and is so inspiring, even if you don't have kids or your kids are all grown up. Thank you so much, Mean P. I appreciate that so much. And finally, just to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about your own health or your child's health or anybody in your family's health, they really should be seeing a medical professional. It's very uh, recommended, especially if you're going to make any big changes in your life. So let's talk about Rohini. Rohini Bajekal is a plant-based nutritionist and she is based in London, UK. She provides evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle advice to her clients, focusing on a whole food plant-based approach. She is also a board-certified lifestyle medicine professional with a diploma from the International Board of Lifestyle Medicine. Rohini is an advisory board member and nutritionist for Plant-Based Health Professionals UK. So awesome. You can find out more about Rohini and her work at www.rohinibajakel.com. And that is spelled R-O-H-I-N-I-B-A-J-E-K-A-L.com. Or you can also find her on Instagram for daily tips and recipes. So Rohini and I had a great high yield conversation about what are the biggest obstacles that people encounter when they're transitioning to a plant-based diet? How do you start? Uh, What are some of the downfalls that people have whenever they transition that cause them to maybe turn the ship back around and drop out of plant-based eating? We talk about transition foods and processed foods and traveling, lots of travel tips to make it easier for you to stay plant-based and stick to your values when you're traveling. But we also talked about how she became plant-based and why she's so passionate about what she does. And guys, this lady is very passionate. You're going to love her because she has so much to give to the world and to help all of you out there that are beginners or that may have been plant-based for a while, but you're stuck in a rut and you want something new or you want somebody to evaluate, make sure that you're meeting you know, your goals and those kinds of things. So this is a great conversation. I know that you're going to love it. 
Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope that you have a plantastic week and I will see you next week. Okay, I lied. Real quick, there's one more thing I have to tell you. Next month, for the entire month of April, I am doing a sustainability and climate change series. I'm going to have some really fun, different and interesting guests. I'm also going to have one of the plant-based giants, Dr. John McDougall on to talk about climate change and our diet. It's going to be so great. I'm super excited about this series. I'm going to have special bonus episodes and link my social media posts to this topic because Earth Day is April the 22nd. So please tune in and listen to those episodes and let me know what you think. I hope that you'll have as much fun listening to them as I did making them. And it's going to be very practical and we're gonna have some really practical tips that you can start to implement some changes in your life right away, or even some just really interesting things for you to contemplate and think about. So thank you so much for joining me today, but please definitely think about tuning in for all the episodes next month because it's gonna be really great. Okay, so now for real, on to this episode. Rohini, thank you so much for joining me today on Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's great to speak with you. Well, I heard of you through your dear mother. <laughs> we had a <laughs> fabulous conversation just a few weeks ago, and she's of course so proud of you. But I got to hear all about how you help people, and you help people transition to a plant-based diet, or people that have already been plant-based. And so I was really excited to have you on the show today, so that you can talk to us more about that. But before we launch more into the details, can you tell? Tell me in your own words more about your own plant-based journey. Yes, definitely. So um, I had quite an interesting journey, really. I wasn't the person that kind of made our entire family go plant-based. That was my younger sister, who was a huge bookworm and a very thoughtful sort of child. And she came home one day and told my parents she was no longer going to be eating meat she said, you've been feeding us sausages and I know that pigs are smarter than dogs, so I'm no longer going to be eating meat. So at that point, we went vegetarian as a family. And a few years later, she sort of discovered the link between dairy and um, the meat industry and things and the sort of cruelty that's involved with that. So she became vegan and so did my mother. And I took another sort of six to eight months to transition after that. I was about... 13 years old and um, I was really found it very difficult to give up fish that was the last thing I gave up and it was because I was weaned on fish as a baby in South India where I was born and I was born in India but I sort of had it as one of my first foods and I found it very difficult to give that up but eventually I did go vegan and then I was vegan for about um eight, nine years until my last year at university when I just was so socially isolated, didn't have a single vegan friend, was sick of being served tangerines for dessert. And um, eventually I started outside of the home to start eating some dairy and um, some animal products again, which is something I sorely regret now, but I also think it's the reason why I'm such a passionate plant-based nutritionist now. 
because I want to help people make the transition in a way that's lifelong. Um, and it's sort of a few, few years ago that I, you know, realized that I absolutely was not living in a way that was in line with my values. And um, I transitioned to a more whole foods, plant-based way of eating. So I am an ethical vegan, but I also follow a mostly whole foods, plant-based diet as much as possible. And I think that this way of eating is has allowed me to thrive and feel really good as a vegan. It's something I, I can see myself doing for the rest of my life. But um, yeah, so at university, I was definitely more of a junk food vegan. I loved um, my toffee nut soya lattes from Starbucks and um, bourbon biscuits, which are sort of like the UK version of Oreos and lots of chips and alcohol and all the sort of horrible student foods that people had. So that definitely didn't make me feel my best. So what happened whenever you started letting in some of the animal products? Did you feel any effects on your body or was it more just because it was not aligned with your values that you started kind of regretting that you were doing that? Yeah, so um, when, when I think, when I explain to some people, they kind of get quite shocked and they go, but you're so vegan, how did this happen? And I say, you know, when we first went vegan as a family, we were pretty much the only vegans in the village. This was a completely different era. All you would get is a chalky carton of soy milk in the store. And I studied at Oxford University and I was really excited when I got in there thinking all these intelligent people, they're going to be thinking about their food choices and all these things. But I was horribly dismayed. My my first day was um, greyhound racing and a hog roast where you have a giant pig on a stick and I just thought oh my gosh this is so not me and um, so it was a constant battle there and I didn't even have a single friend who was a, a vegetarian let alone a vegan I was asked at every single mealtime what a vegan was and um, people asked me do you rummage in bins to look for food and I said no that's a vegan I think <laughs> so um, it was a real battle you know and it, when you're quite young and I wasn't necessarily the most confident kind of young adult I definitely struggled with it and um, I wasn't eating the healthiest vegan diet I'd grown up eating amazingly healthy because my mom is a fabulous cook and she'd made sure that we had the most incredible food but as soon as I moved away from home I had all the same challenges that a lot of students do where they're sort of having late nights pulling all-nighters on essays, plus drinking alcohol and all the other things. So I really didn't know that being vegan was a healthy way to live. I had no idea about the health benefits. I was purely doing it for ethical and compassion, reasons of compassion. So um, that was sort of the reason that I slept. And I think I always sort of felt this sort of guilt for a lot of my 20s where I didn't really feel like it was right. I knew I'd seen all these sorts of slaughterhouse videos and other things, but it was just so hard. I didn't know where to start when I was eating out or going to people's houses. I didn't know how to have social life and be vegan. And um, it was sort of a few years ago now that I you know, realized that it's become easier and easier to be vegan. And I retrained as a nutritionist because I want to give people this confidence and the tools to be able to help themselves on this journey. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do. Wow. I love that. And I love how you connect it back to the drive you have within yourself because you understand firsthand the obstacles. You understand what it feels like to not have anybody else around you that might do the same thing as you that might be able to support you. And so with that, you have a lot of empathy for your clients. And that's just so important whenever we're helping people and we're coaching people. So that being said, what do you think are the most common reasons 
that people have when they want to transition or they're curious about a plant-based diet? When they come to you, what are their reasons for wanting to do it? I think that's a great question. It's some, I think it's really different for each, per, each person, but I think there's three main reasons, and those are the ethical, environmental, and health reasons. And I think that sometimes they converge for someone like me. But I think social media and the internet has made it so much easier to access information and people are discovering and learning about the benefits of a whole foods plant-based diet. There are people who might want to go vegan overnight because they've seen something like Dominion or Earthlings or just a video on the internet. But for most people, it takes time. This transition does take time and it's a journey for a lot of people. So a lot of people um, come to it from the health angle and then they discover the ethical side later on, perhaps. There are some people who are choosing to live this way for reasons of compassion, but they also want to know how they can be healthy and then they, they make a very good decision to consult a nutritionist such as myself. And then there are people, especially young people, who are getting more and more aware of the catastrophic impact of animal agriculture. And I think my university, Oxford University, issued a report which said the single biggest way that we can lower our impact on planet Earth is by eliminating meat and dairy from our diet. So I do know a lot of clients who say that this is a driving factor in their decision to adopt this, this new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So really those three main reasons that we hear over and over again. Um, but like you said, each person has their individual journey. And I feel like I started out more for curiosity and health reasons. I it almost came from an athletic sort of angle. And then that's when I discovered everything else that I, my mind was like completely just blown open. <laughs> so it was just really hard for me to even think about going back. So people are curious, they want to try it. What do you think are the biggest obstacles that they encounter or the most common excuses or fears that you hear from your clients? I think that this, this depends person to person. There are obviously the common nutritional myths, such as where do you get your protein? It's an age old question, but it never fails. It comes up in every single Q&A I ever do or every single panel or event I do. And then, you know, the questions about how can we get enough iron or calcium, zinc, omega-3s, all of these big nutrition questions are things that come up time and time again. And then there are the questions of how can I, you know, adjust with my social life how will I travel as a vegan and all of these sorts of questions come up the more kind of lifestyle adjustments that people have um, questions over but I think these are sort of we see the same questions again and again and there's so many great evidence-based resources on the internet so that you can go away and sort of educate yourself if you're transitioning to this lifestyle and I think it's become easier than ever for people to make the change. There are so many more products available in the supermarket. There's so much more awareness. And I'm very lucky to live in a city like London, which has something like 126 100% vegan restaurants with so many high street chains and other places offering plant-based options. And I just think the, the, you know, vegan food has to be accessible, it has to be affordable, has to be healthy and nutritious for people to choose that. And most importantly, it has to taste good. And I think it's really tasting quite amazing nowadays. So I think the barriers to entry are, are sort of getting lower and lower. It's almost easier to ask, why aren't you vegan? Because there's just such a myriad of reasons to make the change. And um, something I, I really, you know, I'm passionate about educating, educating people about this. 
Yes. But, you know, I think it is important to be aware for that whenever anybody is going to make a big change, especially if they're going from a completely omnivorous diet and they're thinking of going vegan, they want to do it. Um, these excuses, these barriers, these obstacles are immediately going to come up. I can't because this, I can't because that. And so it's important for people to know that it's, it's normal to expect that it's normal to expect all these little hiccups down the road. Um, but there are ways to maneuver around them. So whenever you start to transition somebody, say like somebody's coming in brand new, they're like, all right, I saw the game changers and, and I want to do this. How do you start them? What are your tips for somebody brand new that wants to just begin to dip their toes into a plant-based diet? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So I, I really try to understand them and where they're coming from, what their current diet is like, what the challenges they feel might be ahead, um, who they are as a person. It's, it is different for each individual. But I always say to them, you know, approach this like you would with any change try to make it a habit so instead of having sort of cow's milk for breakfast you could switch over to soy milk or um a hemp milk for example and you can try it first by starting to make your breakfast plant-based i think that's one of the best tips that anyone could, could best changes that anyone could make is just a simple switch start your day with a plant-based meal and then after a couple of weeks you could move on to lunch and then dinner and add in some more snacks. But essentially the goal is to eat more plants. So rather than switching overnight and then sort of your gut microbiome might not be fully adjusted, it takes about three months for it to sort of adjust to a fully plant-based diet. It's better to ease into this transition, to start making changes, start educating yourself alongside this process. So looking at, um, looking at sort of evidence-based resources online, um, obviously speaking to someone like me and basically empowering yourself with knowledge of what you're going to eat. Another tip I have is to um, start by switching up your favorite meals. So if you love kind of a dairy-laden mac and cheese, you can find amazing healthy recipes for mac and cheese on the internet that are made with things like nutritional yeast and potatoes and carrots. So you're getting to enjoy all your favorite foods, but just in a plant-based way. And that can be a really good way for people to figure out what on earth should I eat. Um, so that's sort of how I start. And I, I get them to introduce legumes quite slowly rather than sort of diving in with like a few bowls of dal. I tell them to add in a tablespoon of lentils to their salad or to their soup or stir fry and then start building that up slowly. So eventually they can be like me and I'm able to enjoy you know, several servings of legumes every single day with no gastrointestinal issues whatsoever. And we know that legumes are incredible for longevity and for as, as an all-round health-promoting food. So we should really be including more legumes in our diet. Awesome. I love it. I love your tip on just starting your first meal of the day as a plant-based meal, because we know just from habit change that whenever you do it first thing, you start your day with your new habit it gives you the self-efficacy to keep going. So it's probably something that will even give you that confidence that, hey, maybe I can do this. And also, I love how patient you are with beans because I'm a bean pusher. I probably push people <laughs> too much I, <laughs> uh, because I just think beans are just so incredible, just like you said, so health-promoting, associated with longevity. But some people really aren't adapted to them and they haven't eaten a lot of beans. And they feel like, especially if they go in too quickly, 
that they just don't tolerate beans, right? So that's what can happen if you go too quickly. But if you go slowly, just like Rohini is saying, then your bacteria and your gut have more time to adapt so that you don't get overly gassy and bloated and all those things. So it, it does pay to start low and go slow, have patience like Rohini, not, not like Dr. Yami. <laughs> I think if you're coming from sort of like an Indian background, for example, we're used to having a lot of beans and legumes in our diet. We have things like cholo, which are chickpeas, Indian chana masala. People might have had that before or kidney bean curries or say if you're used to sort of Mexican food, you might be used to eating more legumes. But for a sort of the person coming from that standard British or American diet, they're not going to be really having many legumes in their diet, so they need to take it slow. Um, but, you know, we've been eating legumes for years somewhere like India. And when we look at the blue zones, which are the places in the world with the longest living, healthiest people who are living well into their hundreds and thriving, and they're getting 95% of their calories from whole plant foods. And the cornerstone of that diet are beans whether it's in Sardinia, where it's sort of pasta and beans, or it's in Costa Rica, where it's rice and beans. We know that beans are a fantastic food, full of fiber, full of plant protein. They're just so cheap and so affordable. They're great for the soil as well. So if you're into the environment, what an amazing thing to add to your diet. And um, I think you can't really go wrong. There's so many varieties. And um, I, I think it's, it's good to introduce slowly. There are people who say, you know, feeling gassy and bloated is the issue but it's it does, we know that that doesn't really affect people on a vegan diet we know it's because the gut isn't really used to this level of fiber with only one in ten british adults getting the rda for fiber in this country which is only about um, 30 grams it's quite shocking really how deficient we are in fiber and i think beans are a great place to start for everyone excellent love it i also like how you talked about taking your meals that you already love already your routine and making them plant-based so let's talk about since you recommended starting with breakfast let's talk about breakfast give me some ideas of what people can eat for breakfast on a plant-based diet just to give people an idea of how many different things there are available I love breakfast. Like if I had to choose one meal, it has to be breakfast. And I think there's so much you can do with plant-based foods at breakfast. Um, if you're a big egg lover, it's such a great idea to switch over to a tofu scramble. You can make like a Mexican tofu scramble with cilantro or coriander is what we call it in the UK. Um, and you can you know, start your day like that. So in a savory way, actually, it's only really in the Western world that we start the day with so many sweet things. It's um, very common, for example, in China to start with konji, or in India, we have dosas or utapan for um, breakfast. So you can start with all of these kinds of foods. And if you if you love oats, as like I do, I have oats almost every single day. So I prefer to have it as an intact whole grain to get all the benefits of the whole grain. So I'll go for something like oat groats, which is sort of the great grandmother of rolled oats or steel cut oats. And I'll just simply, um, you know, soak those overnight to make them a bit easier to digest. And then I'll um, cook them in some soy milk and add some cinnamon, which we know is great for glycemic control and um, lots of fresh fruit like berries and some banana. And also maybe um, I chop up a, a date really fine to get that sort of sweet hit. I do have a bit of a sweet tooth. Um, but it's such an incredible way to start your day. Oats are a complete superfood, really. They're so cheap and affordable as well. So I think everyone should start the day with a bowl of oats. 
Um, so that's a really easy meal to make plant-based. And if you want something a bit sort of fancier at the weekend, you could start with something like um, pancakes made from spelt flour or oats. There are so many good recipes online. And instead of using heaps of butter or anything like that, you can use some applesauce or soy milk as a binder. So you don't really, and you can use flax instead of the egg there. So um, there's loads of recipes online. I have several on my website, bohinibajaykul.com. So definitely check those out if you're looking for some breakfast inspiration. Awesome. And, you know, for people that are pressed for time, even just a green smoothie, you know, is a great way to start. You can pack a lot of greens in there. You can put some nuts in there. You can even put oats in your smoothie too, and, and make it a, a quick meal in the morning. So there's all kinds of things you can do. One of my sons, his favorite breakfast is a fruit roll up where he gets a whole wheat wow. tortilla and he just spreads peanut butter on it and chops up fruit, bananas and strawberry rolls it up and eats it. So it does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like this mind blowing, like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? Really? It's a lot simpler than people think. That sounds so good. And yeah, my, my partner as well, he loves to have a smoothie in the morning rather than a bowl of porridge. So he'll do that and he'll add in a bunch of greens and he'll sip it slowly. It's important when you're having a smoothie to sip it slowly because um, that sort of slows down the rate of absorption, particularly if there's a lot of fruit in it. So you want to slip it sip it rather um over the course of about an hour that would be a good thing to take with you on the train to work or to have at your desk over the course of an hour so yeah i definitely agree quick and easy you can also batch cook oats and you can also batch cook other grains like amaranth or buckwheat so you can make it really simple for yourself you don't need to spend hours in the kitchen slaving away it's just you know you need to make it easy and convenient Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leads me into the next question, which is what tips do you have for busy people? So I'm sure that you encounter this all the time. Students, professionals, moms with kids trying to work and take care of their family, and they feel like I'm too busy. I don't have time to do this. Can they do it? And what tips do you have for them? They absolutely can do it and they can eat so well doing it. It's just a case of, you know, planning a little bit ahead. So at the weekend, when maybe you have a couple of hours free on a Sunday, you can do a, a bunch of meal prep. And I really like devoting my Sunday afternoons to this. So I'll spend two hours sort of chopping a bunch of vegetables, cooking a big batch of grains like quinoa or wild rice, and then, and, you know, roasting some vegetables, for example, making a big salad. And then that will last me for a few days. So I like to make lunch in advance. I like to make big batches of food. So for example, I have a recipe for lentil ragu on my website, which is sort of like a vegan version of a bolognese, but I use red lentils, carrots, loads of great things like onions, garlic. It tastes really delicious. So I'll make a big batch of that and I'll freeze whatever's left over or I'll keep it in the fridge to have for lunch in a couple of days time. But um, things like potatoes, they can be steamed so easily and really bulk up meals, broccoli, all of this. You don't need to have, you need to rethink how you see food. It doesn't need to be meat and two veg. You need to, you can have a big bowl, like sort of a Buddha bowl with lots of different um, things in it, like chickpeas and, and some avocado and whole grains and things like that. And then you can um, make like a tahini and lemon dress dressing and drizzle that on top so um things like jacket potatoes i think in the u.s they're called baked potatoes you could have that with some ch mexican chili for example on a side salad that sort of meal would take less than 20 minutes to make it doesn't take much time at all and i know if you're if you're really busy and 
cash isn't an issue. I know there are more and more vegan meal delivery services as well. Hey humans, I know you want to eat healthier but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide their recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring. And time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The Daily Greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The Daily Nutrigreens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the Apple Banana Daily Nutrigreens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. 
If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But I definitely recommend home-cooked food as much as possible. And, you know, you just find what you like make large quantities of it and enjoy it over the course of a few days. And I think that's the best way to go. And you can also save a lot of money and time by cooking at home. So um, you, you don't have to sort of be scouring different menus to see what you can eat. You know what you like, just make it for the whole family. Everyone will enjoy it. So don't, don't worry too much about that. I have lots of tips on my website and on my Instagram page about how to do this. Yeah. And I think too, like you said, I think things are becoming easier and easier, more convenient. And I tell people all the time, don't hesitate to use convenience foods to your advantage. Frozen fruits and vegetables, canned beans, um, now that they have frozen and shelf stable grains even. So if you're really pressed for time, you can just grab some of that on those weeks where you just don't even have two hours to batch cook. But I think batch cooking, once you get into the habit, you realize it's not as time consuming as it seems. And it makes your week so much easier, especially when you make use of your appliances. Here in the United States, we have the Instant Pot, which is a programmable pressure cooker. Do you guys? I know. I need to get one of those. I I see so many Instant Pot vegan recipes online. And I'm just thinking, I need to get on this trend. It looks incredible. But um, you're so right about all the kind of frozen and convenience foods. Obviously, some are better than others. But um, frozen food is often demonized, but often it's packed right at the point at which it's sort of picked so it can be quite fresh. Um, so it's a really good idea to sort of mix and match. And there's no harm in keeping some, you know, frozen edamame beans or frozen mixed vegetables, frozen berries in your freezer. Such a great way to have quick, convenient and healthy food, especially if you're coming back from work travel or a long day. It just saves you kind of calling your local Chinese takeout place and having something really nutritious and yummy. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about travel because I know travel can be really challenging. Airports sometimes are, you know, just attractive to kind of all those processed foods and foods maybe that may not be quite as health promoting. So what should we do when we travel? What tips do you have for making our travel a little bit more health promoting? Yeah, I think this is one that lots of people struggle with. So obviously, if you're doing sort of road travel, you can pack your own snacks and you definitely should. I'd recommend packing some, you know, some sturdy sort of um, veggie wraps um, in a whole wheat tortilla, some hummus with crudités, some nuts and dried fruit. All of this stuff will provide you with sustenance on a long road trip. When it comes to air travel, it's a little bit tricky. I've had one too many hummus containers whisked away from me at Heathrow Security. Um, But, you know... Um, obviously definitely you know have a look to see what restaurants are available in the airport and see if they have any vegan options but try to pack some fresh fruit 
um, some seeds or nuts in your bag, um, some sort of homemade energy balls or bars, that would be a good way to kind of tide yourself over until you reach your destination. But it, I mean, it can be challenging in certain airports. But usually if there's sort of a Mexican place, you could get a bean burrito or something like that. Or if there's an Asian place, you could get sort of a, a stir fry and, and things like that, and add them, add, ask them to add in extra vegetables. Um, I like to use a lot of different travel apps when I am traveling. So I'll use things like Happy Cal, which is fantastic. It's free on Android and there's a small charge on the iPhone, but it's so worth it. It's also free to use as a website. But every time I'm traveling to a new place, I will just pop in the location and I'll look up what restaurants are nearby that are vegan or have vegan options, which is really good, especially if you've got a partner that isn't vegan or you've got friends or family that aren't vegan. And they also list health food stores. So say you're somewhere like Portugal, you could find out the local equivalent of a health food store there and go and pick up some soy milk and things like that so that you know, okay, if the restaurant has nothing to eat, you can come back and make yourself a bowl of porridge. Ta-da. And um, there's also a billion veg, which donates to animal sanctuaries um, whenever you review a meal. And that's a fantastic option because you can search by a plant-based meal. So say you're in Thailand and you're looking for a vegan pad thai, you can just plug it into the app and it will come up with the best one near your location. So that's um, a billion veg and that's a really great free app that you can use as well. Um, another great tip for traveling is to look up Airbnbs or self-catering options because it can really help to have at least one home-cooked meal. Obviously you're on holiday so you want to spend ages in the kitchen sort of beavering away but it's a great idea to at least have breakfast at home or one of your meals at home. You might fancy something like a salad and a simple spaghetti or something like that. So um, those are my tips really for travel. You don't need to make it difficult for yourself just packing lots of hearty snacks is the key. Yeah absolutely and my family and I we do that too. So when we travel we look for either like a condo or an apartment or a hotel that we have a fridge and a microwave available because breakfast and lunch are so easy. Like for breakfast, it's usually something like oatmeal or my husband or my kids might want just whole wheat, peanut butter and, and jelly sandwiches with fruit, you know, simple stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then we can actually make ourselves sandwiches. If we're not going to be back at the hotel for lunch, we can just pack sandwiches and fruit, like good veggie sandwich with sandwiches with hummus and guacamole and sliced vegetables or peanut butter and jelly and fruit. I mean, it works and it saves money too, <laughs> which is nice, especially when you're traveling to really expensive cities where you want to have a nice dinner out. You can kind of save on that breakfast and lunch. So those are great, great tips. People don't need to stress too much if they're not getting sort of all their nutrients in on a holiday. It is a holiday after all. As long as that's not, you know, your everyday eating, it's fine. That you're on holiday, you need to relax and enjoy it. And there are a lot of benefits to going on holiday besides just what you're eating. So don't let it get in the way of your social life and eating out with friends and family. Have a quiet word with the restaurant in advance. Drop them a line or, you know, just take the waiter aside when you're going on, on your way to the bathroom and just say, hey, so I'm, I'm following a vegan diet. I was wondering if you could change this on the menu and bring me a couple of the sides instead. It doesn't need to be a big deal. You can mm -hmm. make it work for yourself. Yeah. And happy cow is amazing. I've used it all over the world and it has really, I've found some amazing restaurants. Like 
I remember being in Paris and we found this Ethiopian restaurant that was just so great. And so it really does work. I mean, I love that app. It's, it's very helpful for whenever you're traveling. So great tips. Okay. So speaking of not being perfect, let's talk about transition foods and processed foods. What are your thoughts on these? Um, I think it's something that's a really hot topic at the moment with sort of the advent of the Beyond Burger and, and you know, foods like that. And I, I have, um, you know, my feelings are is that we need to distinguish between ultra processed foods and sort of minimally processed foods. There are lots of minimally processed foods in the plant-based diets, such as tofu or soy milk and things like that, that are totally fine to include. And the ultra-processed foods like crisps and foods containing trans fats should really be eliminated if possible. And then the other transition foods that are things like the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger, and there are lots of other options. We have hundreds in the UK. I think that these play an important role in the diet for a lot of people who are transitioning and that being said it's because people who are used to the standard british or american diet might find it quite difficult to suddenly switch over to a completely whole foods plant-based diet and this can help people make that transition and i don't think they should be demonized i think that it's a helpful stepping stone and it can also be a great tool for you know young vegans if you've got a child for example who's a vegan and they're going to a birthday party it can be helpful for them to eat um, a sort of a vegan, uh, a, a vegan meat alternative burger, rather than having a salad when everyone else is having a cheeseburger. It's it's an important tool to help us sort of fit in and normalise veganism. So um, I think that these foods aren't necessarily health foods. They should generally be minimised in the diet. But particularly for people who are sort of long term vegans, such as myself, I really don't have a craving for them. I might very occasionally, you know try a few bites of the Beyond Burger if someone's having it or treat myself to a donut um, just because I fancy the taste. But it's not something I really crave. I generally actually prefer my home-cooked food a lot more. And um, you'll find that your taste buds change as you go on this journey. But for a lot of people, this has made veganism so much more affordable and accessible. And for that, I think that these companies should be applauded. We need all types to make this movement a success. I agree. Yeah, those those are some great thoughts. I feel like they definitely have a place and I'm glad that they exist. And either way, it's it's going to help. It's going to help the earth. It's going to help the animals and it's going to help some people consider transitioning. You know, they're like, hey, maybe it's not as so bad true. as I thought it was going to be. You know, like I just thought everything was going to taste like cardboard. I think that's what a lot of people think. You know, So so I think they definitely have their place. But I absolutely agree that once you've been eating a predominantly whole food plant-based diet for a while, those foods just don't taste as good. They're not quite as appealing. So they're great for every once in a while, but you just, you just don't crave them. However, I will say that I'm, I'm up for a vegan donut every once in a while. That would be what <laughs> I, I'd go for a vegan donut over an impossible burger any day. Same. So, <laughs> so would I. No, it's, it's great fun to try it. I never had all these foods available to me as a vegan teenager. And I would have probably jumped for joy if I'd seen a vegan cupcake or run as fast <laughs> as Usain Bolt to get there. But, um, you know, I, it is great fun. And I think it's, it's, you know, I got married last summer and I had a huge donut stand with Crosstown Donuts, which is a great brand in the UK. And um, I had five vegan wedding cakes. I went a bit over the top with the food, but <laughs> about six of my close friends transitioned to a completely vegan diet following the wedding. And at the wedding, the only other vegans that were there were really my parents. So uh, I just see that as a huge 
you know, bonus. I didn't put the word vegan anywhere. I just let the food speak for itself to show people you don't need to use animal products to have delicious, tasty, yummy food. And a lot of it was whole foods plant-based. We had a lot of Indian food and Thai food, for example. So it's just showing people that it's really yummy. It's a lifestyle that's you know, all about abundance. It's not about deprivation. And I think that people really, we need to move past that language of what you can't have and focus on what you can have. There are 20,000 edible plant species in the world. I think that's the rough estimate. So there are so many options for all of us. And we really need to be focusing on all the incredible food that's going to come into your life, not on what you're going to be taking out. And I think that too much of the language around the vegan diet is all about what is being restricted. Whereas mm -hmm. I just don't see it as a restricted diet. I think I've been introduced to so many more cuisines and foods and flavors. And I'm just about 10 times more passionate about food than I ever have been. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I agree so much with that. That's so beautifully said. I eat a much greater variety of food now than before I was vegan. And I have learned about all these grains that I never ate before, all these different types of beans, even different types of vegetables that I had never even touched before. So it's really opened up my world to all of these different nutrients that had never been in my body before, you know? So it really is amazing. I agree with you hundred percent that it's all about abundance and not deprivation. So when people have difficulty transitioning, what do you think are some of the main reasons that people might be unsuccessful at staying plant-based or that they eventually abandon this way of eating? I think it's still difficult when you're living in a non-vegan world. And I think lack of social support is a big problem for many people who are transitioning to this, this way of eating. And that's why one of my top tips to give people is actually nothing to do with food at all. It's that they need to find their tribe. They need to find a community. So whether you're plant-based for health or environmental reasons or you're vegan for ethical reasons, there are so many ways in which you can find a community no matter where you are in the world. There are Facebook groups, there are events. We have amazing veg fests in London. And I know that I was just in Miami and they had the Florida veg fest over there. So I know that they're in cities all over the world. And that's a great place to meet like-minded people and realize that you're not doing something that's really extreme or radical. It's just doing something that's really nurturing and really good for you, for the animals on this planet and for the environment. And, and you should feel good about that. But you can connect with people, you can make online friends and you can go to these events and just sort of reignite your sense of purpose. And I think that that's incredibly important when you're transitioning to this lifestyle. And maybe you have some friends who are quite curious about this as well and who would be up for trying your food. So you can then invite them over and cook for them. I think that's, that's key. But I think education is really important finding good quality evidence-based resources. I am the nutritionist for a UK nonprofit group called uh, Plant-Based Health Professionals. And we are made up of doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, and a whole host of other health professionals that basically want to educate the public about the benefits of a whole foods plant-based diet. So we have free webinars, uh, downloadable leaflets, all of these kinds of things on our website because we're so passionate about spreading the word about it. But it's important to see a health professional that actually understands your diet. So often people are put off from this way of eating because they'll see their doctor or a nutritionist will say, oh no, you're pregnant, you need to eat eggs and fish. Oh no, you're this, you need to eat this. And so it's important to find a health professional that's actually on board with what you're doing and who's going to be supportive. 
Oh, that's wonderful. And I completely agree. Like it's whenever the way our brains work is if you flood your consciousness with a certain thing, your brain thinks that's all there is, you know, that's what becomes your new reality. And especially now with social media, it's so easy to find other plant-based people, plant-based professionals, dietitians, physicians, nurses, whatever. I, it, I almost get, sometimes I feel like my brain starts to believe that everybody in the world is vegan because everybody on my social <laughs> media feel you know, like there's so many vegans. It must be like 90% vegans. <laughs> That's what it seems so like it to my brain, you know? So it's very becoming increasingly. And it's a great tool. To I mean, it's, it's how I connected with you. It's how I made so many friends in this movement. I think it's a really fantastic way to be. Another area in which I think new vegans need to pay attention is they need to eat enough. When you're switching over to a plant-based diet, plants tend to be less calorifically dense, that's in general. So you need to eat um, more. I would say compared to sort of a small piece of salmon and a few florets of bro broccoli, that's not going to fill you up. You need to eat a wide variety and you need to eat an abundance. So you need to have a big plate of vegetables with some um, raw vegetables, dark leafy greens, potatoes, don't be scared of carbohydrates. I know so many women who have been really frightened by carbohydrates and when they're trying to switch over to a vegan diet, they don't realize that a couple of tablespoons of rice is just not going to cut it. They need to fill up, they need to fill their stomach. You should not be hungry when you're eating this way. You should be full and satisfied and you need to include some healthy fats in your diet. So preferably from whole food forms such as nuts, seeds, um, avocados, chia seeds, hemp seeds, all of these kinds of things. We need that, particularly women, really, really important for us and really good for our skin and hair and important for our menstrual cycle as well. So do ensure that you're getting a wide variety of plant foods in your diet and you won't go wrong. That's super important because I think that that's one of the common things I hear from people that try it for like a couple of days. They're like, oh, it was, I just felt so weak and I didn't have any energy. And then I go over like what they ate and it was basically just like salad and fruit. You have to eat food. Okay. Like I am always satisfied. Like I make sure that I eat enough. And I think it also takes a little bit of trial and error because if you're going from a diet that's really high in calorie density, so you're used to eating a certain yeah. and then you go to a whole foods plant-based diet you think that you're overeating whenever you're eating a larger volume but really it ends up being less calories overall so you have to adapt so to eating a different volume of food to get sufficient calories so you don't feel like you're weak and dying all the time so you should not feel that way if you're eating sufficient <laughs> amount of food so very great tip that you remembered okay so what, what do you wish more people knew I wish more people knew how incredible it was to live um, a plant-based lifestyle. I think that there's still, I mentioned it before, but I still think there's so much fear-mongering and negativity around it, and that's changing slowly, but I just wish more people knew how incredible it is to eat this way, to reduce your risk of some of the largest killers on the planet, such as heart disease and type 2 diabetes, whilst also living in accordance with our values, because all of us are taught to love animals and be kind. And I think that this is a really kind and compassionate way to live, not only to our body, but also to the world that we're in. If we want to have a future world for our children or our grandchildren and the other creatures on it. And um, I just think that it's a really joyous way to live. I'm the happiest I've ever been, particularly since I sort of um, rediscovered and 
learned the benefits of the whole foods plant-based diet. I think I managed to save money. I feel really good. I feel really healthy. I'm, I feel so positive every single day when I wake up. And I know that there are links between mental health and diet too. So I really recommend that people just try to include more plants in their diet. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. So I think a lot of people get put off by thinking they need to be 100%. But, you know, eventually, hopefully you can get there. But it's, it really is about just eating more plants and doing what's best for you. So working at your own pace. For some people, that might be an overnight switch, just like that. For other people, it might take several months or several weeks. But they shouldn't sort of be so self-critical or put so much pressure on themselves. I think um, perfection is the enemy of progress. And mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to really support people who are making this transition rather than alienate them or make them feel like they're not good enough. Beautiful. Oh, I love that so much. And you're right. There are studies that show that eating more whole plant foods is actually linked to decreased rates of depression and anxiety. Some of it, some of it may have to do with our gut microbiome, but there's probably other reasons too. So I don't, it's like always sounds cliche because I feel like a lot of people that transition to a plant-based diet, I feel like I had so much energy and I'm so much happier and we all sound like these like crazy hippies, but honestly, it's just true, <laughs> you know, and there's studies to show it. So something to think about people. <laughs> And it's sort of like that old joke of how do you know someone's vegan and oh, they'll tell you, but it's because it's just such an amazing way to live. And, and I guess that sounds annoying to some people who aren't, but it's, it's really, it's very joyful. And I feel like I'm always excited when I'm seeing new recipes online and things like that and being excited to go and share that with people. So uh, I completely agree with you that um, we probably sound very overexcited and hyper all the time. <laughs> um, and I think just even with the eye, where you know, we eat with our eyes and we eat and color so having this rainbow on our place just makes me feel really happy at least when I when I sort of prepare my food I love preparing really colorful meals I try to get every single color into my salad mm -hmm. and um, you know eating seasonally can also be a really great way to uh, just eat more nutritious food save money do something that's eco-friendly as well so you know it's it's a great great way to live I think awesome well what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it and how do you maintain it? Well, I think this is a really good one. Um, I would have to say that um, sort of the personal, the personal habit that I have is I actually read it. I love cooking and I use it as almost a form of meditation. So I put on a podcast. So definitely we'll be listening to more of your podcasts while I cook soon, Dr. Yami. But Thank I love you. putting on different podcasts. It's not necessarily always about nutrition. I love different podcasts about politics and about um, feminism and different sort of topics I'm interested in. And I'll just sort of zone out and while I cook. And I just love that that feeling and I do that almost every single day and if I don't have time to put dinner in the evening then I'll do it at breakfast and sort of really enjoy the process of making my my breakfast in the morning and my husband yesterday was laughing because I hadn't been in England for about a month I've been traveling a lot and I was cooking dinner yesterday he's like he looks so happy because <laughs> um, he just walked in and I was like I'm in my my element but I think you know, doing something, self-care is so key to avoid burnout. And I did the lifestyle medicine diploma from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine last year. And what I've realized is, you know, having that time for yourself, taking time 
to look after yourself and nurture yourself is so important. For me, cooking is definitely the way that I do that. But for you, it might be having a bubble bath or going for a walk with your dogs or making time to meditate in the morning. There are so many different ways in which we can look after ourselves. Oh, that sounds so lovely. I love cooking too. And I love just having that luxury of time to just take your time and not feel rushed and make something just so beautiful and so delicious that you can sit down and enjoy with your family. That is such a nice meditative and calming process. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I know you've kind of said it throughout the show, but can you tell us how listeners can connect with you and what services you provide? Sure. So I'm extremely active on Instagram. I post recipes every single week. I post what I cook sort of every other day and lots of tips. So I'll do things like top 10 plant-based sources of protein or how to get enough zinc on a plant-based diet or about nutritional foods such as spirulina. And I'll do a spotlight on those sorts of trends. And um, that's my Instagram is uh, Rahini Bajakal. So it's just my full name. So you can find me there. And I have lots of tips. My, my, page is all about helping people to transition and my website is rahinibajakal.com and again I update that every single week so I have new blogs and articles on everything from the nutrients that you might be wondering where to get enough from as well as sort of recipes ideas they're all whole foods plant-based I do lots of baking I love to bake so um hopefully you can pick up some new tips and tricks from my Instagram website awesome and then do you take clients from all over the world or just from the UK I have my own practice in London, but I do take clients from all over the world and I do Zoom calls. So I actually have clients in the US and Dubai and India at the moment. But, you know, if, you, if you'd like to speak to me, then very happy to set up a call and, and, and speak to you and always happy to hear from people interested in transitioning. Awesome. And I also speak to vegans who want to kind of improve their diet and take it to the next level. That's also quite common. People who maybe are stuck in a bit of a rut and they want to change up their diet a bit. And also, um, I know how that feels when you just want to kind of try something new and try some new cuisines and get some new ideas for, for things, especially people who are getting pregnant for the first time or they're recovering from something. That's a good time to think about seeing a nutritionist, definitely. Perfect. So you work from people at all stages, from beginners to expert level, maybe help optimize those that need some tips or tricks um, in order to continue to improve. So sounds great. Well, can you leave my listeners with a call to action for the week? What is one thing that they can do this week to improve their lives? One thing you can do this week is to add legumes into your meals more often. So that could be as simple as a tablespoon of peanut butter in your morning porridge to a few tablespoons of lentils or chickpeas into your evening meal. It doesn't need to be complicated. You could be making your favorite tomato pasta sauce, but just adding in a few tablespoons of red lentils, for example, will up the protein and fiber content and also make you feel great. So just start with a simple step and try to include more plants in your diet. Oh my goodness. That's definitely my favorite call to action so far. Yay. So I was really off the top of my head. I know that you love beans. So I was yes. <laughs> but so achievable, right? So she didn't say at eat an entire bowl of beans. She said just a tablespoon or two. If you're not used to it, just add a tablespoon or two and peanuts. Guess what? Peanuts are legumes, guys. So 
Definitely. That's good news. Lentils, chickpeas, kidney beans, black beans, whatever bean you like, add it to one of your meals this week. I think people can definitely achieve that. Well, Rohini, this has been so fabulous. I have so enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for your time and for everything that you are doing to help everybody around the world. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Yami. It's been amazing to speak to you. It's, um, it's, I'm just so passionate about helping people eat more plants and you know, doing whatever they can to make themselves feel better. But again, lots of tips. I, I offer lots of tips online, so definitely reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you've ever got any specific questions, obviously not about your own sort of medical condition, but if they're general questions, I'm so happy to answer those on my social media or by email. So definitely reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that you have a plantastic day. You too. Thank you. Take care. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.